Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The 2022 Audio Description Awards Gala will premiere on November 29 at 7.30 Eastern. In recent years, there has been enormous success in expanding audio description for audiences who are blind, low vision, or who have other sensory disabilities that create barriers to full inclusion in the visual media. The Audio Description Awards Gala will celebrate the best of the best. Thomas Reed with Audio Description Voice Artist Navratiti Matos Alaveras will honor outstanding achievements in audio description in media and expand awareness of its benefits. Join us for this exciting event featuring special celebrity guests and celebrating audio description on www.adawardsgala.org, Pluto TV, and ACB Media 6. Join ACB for this special event and celebrate achievements in audio description in media. The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview blind newsmakers to inspire the population to go for their dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACB Media One. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. PR Newswire reports that the Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired in San Francisco, California, is welcoming a new chief executive officer. Her name is Sharon Giovinazzo. And Sharon joins us to talk about how she's going to lead the organization into the future. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Brian. Thank you for the opportunity to talk with you and your listeners today. How are you? How did you get the news that you were going to become the Lighthouse's new CEO? And what was your reaction? Well, Brian, you know, in July, I received a call from the agency that was in charge of recruiting for the CEO position here at the Lighthouse. And although I wasn't looking and I was very happy in my position that I was in, I decided to throw my hat in the ring because I knew that I could bring leadership and experience needed to lead this 120-year-old organization. But the evening I received the call, there was a flood of emotions, not only excitement, but fear and dread of telling my current board and my current staff of the news. But I tell you, there's been no regrets. That's for sure, Brian. Yeah, it can be hard to leave one place and come to a new place. I know that feeling. Bittersweet, Uh, bittersweet, Brian. But but let's talk. But but let's talk about the San Francisco Lighthouse for the sec for just a second. Why is it one of the country's most established and largest blindness organizations? Well, as I said earlier, the San Francisco Lighthouse is 120 years old, and we have such a rich history, not just here in the Bay Area, but worldwide. We were founded in 1902, and the San Francisco Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired promotes independence, equality, and self-reliance of people who are blind or have low vision. 
The Lighthouse has been the cutting edge of training and services for that 120 years. And I think that's why we're looked upon as an industry leader, Brian. And you've got quite the experience to lead the Lighthouse. In fact, more than two decades of leading organizations for the blind. Oh, boy, you're going to date me now. I tell you, Brian, you're going to date me now. (laughs) And, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, I think like a lot of people, my entry into the field was as a consumer of services or, in other words, baptism by fire. You know, at the age of 31, I lost my vision because of multiple sclerosis and went from 20-20 vision to nothing-nothing vision Mm. in a matter of seven months. And so it was baptism by fire, but I've got to see from one end of these organizations to the other and got to work in every one of them because I began on the manufacturing line, just like we have the Circuit Center here that has our manufacturing division. I started on that. Then I went to teaching adaptive technology, moved into overseeing public policy, had the opportunity to work in D.C. as a legislative affairs specialist and do things on the Hill and serve as a lobbyist for National Industries for the Blind. And then I became vice president at Raleigh Lions Clinic for the Blind, where we had a large manufacturing facility. Uh, um, Raleigh, North a, Carolina? In Raleigh, North Carolina, yes. You know, three hours from the mountains and the beaches. I mean, an absolutely gorgeous area. And we had a large manufacturing. We had a VA switchboard, and we had seven base supply centers um, at various military bases throughout the U.S. And then in 2013, my husband passed away. And after about a year... It was time for a change for me. And so that's when I was told about the open position as CEO at World Services for the Blind in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I decided to go for it. And that's where I spent my last eight wonderful years as the CEO of that agency, Brian. Uh, Where is World Services for the Blind? Little Rock, Arkansas. Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. Yeah, it's right there in the, you know, it's in the heart of the country. Wow. We're going to get back to your previous experience a little bit later in the show, but what do you plan to do to expand the Lighthouse's reach and just advance the agency's mission and priorities? So, well, you know, the Lighthouse already offers so many great programs, Brian, but I feel that we need to up our game in order to reduce the 70% unemployment rate among working age blind adults. And right now, I'm only like day 15 on the job, but in my first hundred days, I'm kind of like the president of the United States in my first hundred days, (laughs) you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to be listening and learning and to learn more about the great things that we're doing and listen to the staff about their hopes, their dreams, their aspirations. So we can lead the lighthouse and walk hand in hand in this into the next 120 years while we're providing the greatest services with the most impact possible. You have ideas for change and improvement. That's where it starts. You're going to lead the Lighthouse's dedicated team of blindness professionals, advocates, and educators. Well, you're going to grow the value of the agency to all of its partners, sponsors, donors, members, and additional stakeholders. The Lighthouse is a nonprofit. How are you going to speak out and drive those efforts to promote the equality and independence of the blind and visually impaired community? while just strengthening the San Francisco Lighthouse and its programs. Well, Brian, you know, as a business, if you're not concentrating on growing the value proposition of your agency, you'll become irrelevant and die. You know, to our partners whom are employers, vocational rehabilitation partners, and so on, we promise to level the playing field for those 
who are applying for and seeking jobs through arming them with the right tools in their toolbox. I mean, after all, Brian, a construction worker can't build a home without the proper tools. And if that home is not built on a solid foundation, it will not withstand the storms. And we aim to arm people that we serve so they can compete with their sighted peers while walking into an employer to apply for a job opportunities. And for our sponsors and donors, we promise to do what we say that we're going to do and be the best stewards of what they entrust us with. And for members of the community, I promise to not only listen, but to hear what they have to share about the lighthouse. And I promise to be an advocate to better the services and impact that we have, but also for the community in which we live and work. The lighthouse lighthouse, is so fortunate to have so many stakeholders that are so dedicated to the mission and to those that we serve, Brian. Um, so I was a former Lighthouse client myself. I uh, went to their Enchanted Hills camp growing oh, up. Oh, Enchanted Hills. I, I I made one good friend who I'm still best friends with to this day there. And so I'm going up to Enchanted Hills on Monday. I'm really excited to get up that way. But we hear so many stories in the community about the impact that camp has had. And those are lifelong things. I mean, it's just like your lifelong um, friendship that you've made. But it's a lifelong impact that they have as well when they get to come up and be a part of nature and just get outside of everything. And, you know, it's having that level of independence and still being able to do whatever you want to do. And that's what we do so well at the Lighthouse, Brian. Um, I also was a volunteer at the lighthouse. Oh, wow. When Brian Bashan was in your shoes. That's right. Very good friend. I remember when he came on about 14 years ago and when Anita had left. Back to your work experience a little bit. You've got a bachelor's in human services management from SUNY Empire State College in Saratoga Springs, New York. SUNY is the State University of New York. And along with the dual master's, you got two master's degrees, one in business administration and one in social work. And you got a certificate of management in business in business administration from the University of Virginia's very own Darden School of Business in the beautiful town of Charlottesville. How did you speak out to earn these degrees? So, you know, Brian, I was really fortunate to have the opportunity to further my education in the fall of 2001 and my sight was quickly diminishing and I was getting ready to go back to nursing school that fall to become an RN. Previously, I was a combat medic in the army. And at that time I was working as an LPN when the onset of my multiple sclerosis and my blindness issues started. But you know, Brian, chasing a person with a red and white cane in one hand and a needle in the other, they have a tendency just to run away from you and they can do a lot more damage that way. So I knew that I needed to refocus. Probably the hardest part in the beginning was breaking through my own misconceptions of what I thought I could and couldn't do. Um, I was working on my bachelor's degree when I had the opportunity to attend the National Industries for the Blind Upward Mobility Program, the business management training through Darden School of Business Administration that you just talked about. And I refocused and I decided to pursue my master's of social work and my master's of business administration to be able to see both sides of the nonprofit world, because this is where I really want it to be. I want it to give back to what had given me so much. It gave me my life back. 
And, you know, many times good business people are horrible people, people. <laughs> and we all know those of us who are in social yeah. work will just give away the farm to whoever. We don't care about the business side of it. So really, it was a great balance. And frankly, it served me pretty well during my career. So you just started your job as the Lighthouse's new CEO. How, how did the welcome for that go? Oh, my gosh. I mean, the community the employees, the board, everybody has been so warm and welcoming. And, you know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the new toy in town right now. So, you know, we're spending a lot of time talking and everybody has such a passion that, you know, it just absolutely lights my fire for, you know, the hours every day that you spend here and you get to be with them because you see the passion and you see the heart that everybody has for service. It doesn't matter what position that they're in here. They know what the mission of this organization is, and that's why they're here. So I have felt very welcomed by, you know, not only my Lighthouse employees, but by the city overall. So, Oh, the city of San Francisco even welcomed you. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's not like they threw a parade or anything, but I mean, I have felt very welcomed. You know, the people here are so nice. You know, I, I, I personally want everybody to think what they think about, you know, Californians and all that, because in all honesty, they're probably just as nice as the people in the South and the Midwest and everywhere else because they're just people. <gasps> people are people. People are people. Um, so uh, what, what have you done so far? At the lighthouse, anything, well, anything, I, anything special yet? Yeah, no, nothing really special. I mean, listening. I'm doing a lot of listening, Brian, because a lot of people have a lot of things to say, and they've been here for a long time. And what I want to do is, I want to learn what gets them excited, why they do what they do, and then I want to be able to bring my experience and my leadership and plug that in here so we can grow into that next 120 years. So, yeah, nothing in the last 15 days has been really exciting. I did attend a convention this last weekend from one of the blindness consumer groups down in San Diego. So I've already traveled. I have a great place to live and it's walking distance. I think everything's walking distance in San Francisco, but it's literally just two blocks down the road. So in San Francisco, not everybody has to have a car. I know. It's amazing. And it's amazing how accessible. I mean, I can walk out of the door of the lighthouse and I can catch a train, a bus, a cable car, or I just could walk a mile and I can put my hands on almost anything in the world. And, and, That's yeah, accessibility. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you tried the Bard and Muni trains. I have not yet, but I am oh, yeah. scheduled. I haven't yet, but I am scheduled for orientation and mobility training next week. So I'm really excited about oh, that, okay. Brian. They're, they're going to help you with orientation mobility training too. Wow. I, well, I mean, you know, that can be a fringe benefit, I guess, in my position. But I had to go through the same intake and application process that everybody else does. Yeah, I had a lot of special ed teachers growing up. Um, I had a speech. I don't orientation mobility. I had a teacher of the visually impaired. I had a speech and language specialist, an adaptive PE teacher. Well, I, I had the whole works. And, and um, they all and, helped and you me. see how good you turned out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to San Francisco State and got my college and got my degree in um, broadcast journalism. And I minored in theater, too. Wow. And, you know, that's really that's the key message here is that when you're given access to the resources and you're given the training that's available and you have all of that in your toolbox, I mean, you know, 
what everybody else thinks impossible. It just kind of turns it around and you just make it say, I am possible. And so you see, you had access to all that. And people who have access to services like what we offer here at the Lighthouse or wherever they may be in this world, go out and get the resources, go out and get the help because they're there and you can make the life that you want. And that's, and not only was it my special ed teachers, but also my parents. Right. My parents supported me along the way. Did your parents support you along the way too? Well, my parents, of course, supported me, but you know, I didn't grow up blind. Mm, I didn't lose my vision until the age of 31. So I'm in a very different place than that. So, you know, I was the first blind person I met, Brian. I mean, I heard of them. We, I didn't go to school with anybody who was blind. Um, I didn't even know about schools for the blind. I mean, I grew up in Florida and the, that was in St. Augustine, Florida. So it was a long ways away. I didn't know anybody. And so I brought all of that, you know, to my own blindness experience. I was like, well, what do blind people do? Obviously they don't work. Maybe they just sit on their porch in their rocking chair for the rest of their <laughs> lives. I don't know. And, you know, sometimes, Brian, I just want to sit on my porch in my rocking chair. But, you know, there's too much work to be done. And that's why I'm here is to get that word. And, you know, obviously I can run my mouth just a little bit. So we're going mm-hmm. to do that. And we're just going to go out and shout it from the rooftops. So so tell me about the new Circuit Center that you guys just opened up. It's full oh, of manufacturing. So it's so beautiful, Brian. And so the Circuit Center is located in Alameda, and that's our manufacturing division where we produce chemicals for the government. And so, you know, places like the Navy and what have you buy these chemicals that are environmentally friendly. In fact, we just won for the second year in a row an EPA safety award where the I, I don't know the dealer or partner, environmental partner, and that along with um, Office Depot, because we actually have a partnership and do a private label with them. So this manufacturing division, it does the chemical side, and then it also does toilet paper. Um, You know, that's when you go in and you have to do your paperwork. And But this is the little packets that go in the MREs or the meals ready to eat that the military take out in the field with them. And so there's these little folded up packets of toilet paper. And the funny thing is, is they've been doing those since, um I don't know, I think in the 80s, they've been doing that, uh, that product particularly. And um I had kind of looked, I was like, uh-huh. I remember those when we were out in the field when I was in the Army. So you see, there was a connection all the way back into the late 80s for me to the lighthouse. So I think it's just life is full circle. But, you know, this is something that in 1938, President Roosevelt had determined that veterans returning from war blinded couldn't find employment. He said, we're the government. We need to buy products. And so we will put these set-aside programs for agencies that serve people who are blind. And that dictates that 75% of the direct labor has to be people who are blind and visually impaired in order to work on those government contracts that are set-asides. And, you know, one of the things that we're really proud of is that we don't only meet the minimum of minimum wage. Our manufacturing workers start off on those lines being trained at $19.15 an hour. So, you know, we've raised the bar and we want other people to be able to do that as well. So, you know, that's a really proud place. And we just had a great grand opening with over 200 people who showed up for that grand opening. So, and we need, and we need people to work in lighthouse industries. So if anybody out there is listening, please give us a call. You were, you mentioned you were in the military. What did you do in the military? 
So I was a combat medic in the military. I did my basic training in Fort Jackson, South Carolina. And then I went off to Fort Sam Houston, Texas for my training. And I stayed there for three years. So in San Antonio, Texas, it was a great place to turn 18 years old. I tell you, San Antonio. And um, as a combat medic, I consulted. I got a really good gig in there. And I consulted on a DEP meds, which is a deployable medical system. And that's not like the mashes. That's like the back ones that has like sterile operating rooms and stuff like that. And then I got out in 90 and then I was redeployed for Desert Storm where I did the same thing and consulted on the debt med. So I went to Kuwait and um, served over there for a little bit of time. So it it was great, you know, just eight days out of high school, off to the Army. And um, it kind of formed probably some of my ways of thinking for what has been the rest of my life. But I'm not done with my life yet. So no, you you got a lot more to live for, and I think a lot more to look forward to with this with this new position. I, I'm I so excited so and honored. Yep, yes. I'm very honored. Yes. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? So probably the only other thing, Brian, is to thank you for what you do in spreading important information into ACB media for their work and helping to promote issues important to our population. And I'd love for anyone who wants to reach out to me to give me an email. My email, they uh, they did the whole world a favor. They use Sharon G rather than making them spell out my last name. So it's S-H-A-R-O-N-G at lighthouse-sf.org. And my office phone number is 415-694-7346. And of course, you can follow me or the and the Lighthouse on Facebook, Instagram, you know, all the social media. And then go out to our website and sign up for our newsletter so you can stay connected with the latest happenings. And our website's lighthouse-sf.org. Okay, we're going to put all that up on the Speaking Out for the Blind website, speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. Sharon, we wish you the best of luck as the Lighthouse's new CEO. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you so much, Brian, and thank you to the listeners. Yeah, thank you. And before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look in the list of episodes and show news tab. My show archive is at speaking-out-for-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. Hello, this is Dan Spoon, President of the American Council of the Blind. I just want to give a big hip, hip, hooray out there to our tremendous membership that does such a great job. You are listening to ACB Media One, also known as Mainstream, the flagship of the ACB Media Network. The ACB Media Network is a service of the American Council of the Blind. Please visit us at acbradio.org.